In today's highly competitive mortgage industry, building profitable relationships with real estate agents is essential for success. However, finding effective ways to secure agent relationships can be a challenge. With so many mortgage loan originators vying for the attention of real estate agents, it can be difficult to stand out and establish meaningful connections. Our new case study featuring loan officer Chris Coghill is a must read. Chris has closed a remarkable 36 million in funded loans from agent referrals. And in this case study, he shares his proven strategies for building strong relationships with real estate agents and leveraging those relationships to drive more business. To get your hands on this resource, head over to locastudy.com and download your free copy of the case study today. You'll find actionable insights and practical tips that Chris used to close 36 million in funded loans from agent referrals and how you can too. Don't miss out. Go check it out right now. Visit locastudy.com and download your free copy today. Welcome to Mortgage Marketing Radio, brought to you by the Mortgage Marketing Institute, your number one source for truth in mortgage marketing. Hey listeners, Jeff Zimfer, Mortgage Marketing Radio. Guess what? This podcast is not brought to you by Mortgage Marketing Institute anymore. No, no, dare I say no. It's brought to you by Mortgage Marketing Pro membership. That's right. We got a brand new sponsor. That sponsor is me. <laughs> the sponsor is under the umbrella of Mortgage Marketing Institute, our brand new membership called Mortgage Marketing Pro. And uh, when I talk to you, I'll uh, introduce you to my special guest in just a moment for uh, this week's show. But it's interesting. Um, his core business, four core sources of business for him are agents and past clients, uh, online social content which includes reviews and building his brand, his personal brand online, which is what he said he's really kind of doubling down on and, and, and focused on. And then um, business partners like CPAs, builders, et cetera. If you're looking for ways to succeed with agents, tap into your past client database more. If you want to better understand how do you leverage uh, the digital world, build your online brand, right? Get better engagement, build online reviews, even scripting on how to be successful in meeting converting agents and referral partners and buyers dealing with rate choppers. Well, this episode, as I said, is brought to you by Mortgage Marketing Pro membership. Tons of resources over there for you to help you do all those things. Check it out at mortgagemarketing.pro for more info. Now on to my special guest. Really thrilled to have him on this session. His name is Oleg Koch. He is with Guild Mortgage and he is up in the Pacific Northwest Seattle area. Very impressive individual this gentleman is. Consistently ranks in the over $150 million club. Uh, and I'm looking at his stats here. I believe this is from 2017, 627 loans. And I ask him, I go, how much of that is your own personal production? 100%. He has no originating members on his team. His team is made up of assistants, processors, right? That kind of thing, but nobody actually else originating. And uh, Oleg has been ranked just, you know, in the top of the uh, Washington state area, who's been the number one off loan officer in the entire state of Washington. It's consistently ranked in the top three in the state year after year after year. And the man has built just an incredibly strong, powerful business based on systems and relationships. And uh, 
He tells his story as how he transitioned into this business as a retail relationship-based mortgage originator from a call center and what that journey looked like. But this is a guy who's uh, right um, got it down when it comes to um, building a business that it exceeds expectations and will survive and thrive in the coming market. So we dive into some strategies for how you're going to pivot in, in this market. What are the tactics that Oleg's use to, to grow his business, to be successful in, in, in you know, growing referral partnerships and so on? So let's get into this week's show because there's a ton of nuggets and lessons in here. And I'll put links to any references there are in the show notes uh, for Oleg and his team if you wanted to reach out to him and contact him for more information. So without further ado, let's get into my conversation with Oleg Koch. Oleg, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Jeff. Thanks for having me. Uh, pleasure to have you, especially someone who uh, has got to be as busy as you are up in the uh, Seattle area market. Things are just uh, crazy. And we'll talk a little bit about that. But um, so for the listeners, I always like to give a little personal take on, you know, your career start and trajectory, because um, not many people wake up one day and go, hey, I want to be a loan officer. So maybe a brief background or on how you got into this biz and uh, what keeps you going today? Yeah, so um, I've always loved sales, uh, you know, since a very, very early age, I was like selling door to door. And um and it just it was just a natural uh, ability for me, and you know I got hired on. Uh, my first official job was at GameStop, and uh, me and three other people got hired on. And uh, they told us, "Hey, you know your position is seasonal, therefore, uh, you know at the end of the uh, season, only one stays." And uh, they're like, "Any questions?" And I was the only one that had a question um, from the three of us, and and they're like, "What's your question?" And I'm like, "Well, what determines who stays and who doesn't?" And they're like, oh, that's simple. Whoever sells the most magazine subscriptions and video game reservations stays. And so anyway, um, about a month into it, my regional manager uh, showed up and uh, called me in the back room. And I'm, I'm thinking I'm getting, getting let go. And, uh, and he's like, he's like how, how are you doing it? And I'm like, doing what? He's like, you're, you're like number one in video game subscriptions and or uh, magazine subscriptions and reservations in the state like your numbers are crazy and you only work part-time what are you what are you doing and i'm like it's simple i'm just pitching everybody i don't really say anything different i just pitch everybody i don't pick and choose who i pitch and that kind of started off my official sales career and uh, then at that point i was working random hours since i wasn't 18 yet they couldn't you know promote me um hmm. past what i was currently working, and so I um, applied uh, to uh, to to a local bank as a courier, and I I, I wanted to be in banking for, for a long time. I just I just didn't know exactly what, and so I get in there and I started um, just you know talking to everybody, trying to find out who does what, and I noticed that the uh, you know the people in the nice offices and the people that drove the nice cars were either branch managers or they were in some type of lending position. You know, they're a consumer loan officer, a, a, a residential loan officer, a commercial loan officer, you know, VP of lending. It had to do with, with that. Mm -hmm. And so at that point, and here I am, I'm like 17 years old, I'm driving around, uh, you know, uh, just chatting with people. And I, I realized that that's what, that's what I wanted to get into. And so um, long story short, I applied at a company to be a junior loan officer. Mm -hmm. um, and I was like 17 and a half. And they hired me on. And essentially what it was, was a dialing position where you just make outbound calls all mm -hmm. day long. And so 
I told them um, I would accept it only if they let me become a loan officer, a senior loan officer, as soon as I turned 18. So I dialed for six months, just nonstop. And uh, pretty much as soon, as soon as I turned 18, I got into uh, lending and was officially a senior loan officer. And at that time, there was no licensing or anything. So right. it's a matter of them saying, here you go. Uh, here's business cards. Go out there and uh, get some business. Hmm. Wow, that's quite the story, man. You were killing it at uh, GameStop. Love it. What does it take to stick yeah. around? <laughs> Outsell the other. Take? Yeah, yeah, that's a great that's question. Right. Hey, I'm curious when you were making all those outbounds during your six month, um, you know, apprenticeship, if you will. Uh, how many how many dials were you making a day? Do you remember? You know, it's and a lot of people don't realize how many dials you can actually make if you, all you do is dial. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, usually there was two types of uh, uh, dialers in there. There, there were the ones that didn't want to dial, so they made every reason, and every excuse not to dial. So they, they would always be getting water, or they would be taking, <laughs> you know, they'd be taking a small break, or they'd be chit chatting, or they'd be right. reviewing their script, and they did everything not to dial. Yep. And I was I was the opposite. I was that guy that was like, hey, you know what? This is going to be my career. So mm-hmm. uh, it's not a short-term gig for me. So I just wanted to get as much phone time as I can. So but, uh, so anyway, I would just pretty much dial night and nonstop for my shifts, which were in the evening. Mm. And we, we would dial uh, typically from four until about eight. So it was a four-hour shift. Mm-hmm. And they would just give us a list and, and off we went. And I, I mean, I would probably, because it really depends on how many talking tos you'd get. There's right. some people get on the phone, talk to them for half an hour, right? So probably on average, I would say um, per hour, I was probably making 25 calls or so. And per hour. And from those 25, yeah, mm-hmm. per hour. Mm-hmm. From those 25, you know, you, you know, you get a lot of voicemails, but you also get the people that hang up on you. And you'd probably get two or three good conversations in there. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, our goal was to take essentially a loan app to, um, and, and the way we only got paid on the deal um, or on the lead is if we got a social. So we would pass these leads on to senior loan officers and they were refi leads. And so the whole goal was to make an outbound call, convince them that they should look at their refinance options, take a full application, and then you had to get the social. If you didn't get the social, it didn't count. Mm. So uh, that was the goal each time: get a social and off the pool credit, and then we, we, we I think we got paid like ten bucks a uh, uh, bonus per lead that we got. So if I was able, you know, I calculated, hey, if I was able to get two leads an hour, now all of a sudden, you know, I'm, I'm making way more than all my other friends that are, you know, seventeen and a half and mm-hmm. you know working uh, fast food or or whatnot. So it, on average, I was probably averaging one per hour. Mm-hmm. And so I was making about $40 a day in bonuses and then your typical minimum wage, whatever it was at that time. Hmm. How much of that, um, sounds like you knew your numbers back then, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm how a numbers many, guy. yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, you, you're a business person as well. And it's important to know your numbers. A lot of people, I'm sure you've been through this through the coaching you do. A lot of people don't know their numbers, right? Meaning how many conversations yeah. you need to have to take an app. Well, that's a critical number as a loan officer, isn't it? <laughs> yep. You know, the funny thing is though, I was never really good at math uh, in school growing up. And I remember in fourth grade, um, I, I remember, remember this vividly. I was sitting there with my teacher and uh, we were going over, you know, my, my report card. And, you know, I, I got a C minus in math. 
Mm-hmm. And she's, she told me, she's like, you know, she's like, math is really not your strong point. You probably don't want to you know, choose a career that has to do with numbers. <laughs> and I don't know what it was, but after she said that to me, something triggered. And I always paid way more attention to numbers from that point forward and tried to um, take classes, you know, that, 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 you know, more advanced math classes and everything else. <laughs> tried to just, cause I, cause I, I was like, you know what? No, you know, I, I, I don't want to just, you know, decide at that point that I'm not yeah. good at something who's going to give up on it. It was more of a, Hey, I just chose not to pay attention to it at that point. I personally don't like math, but mm. at the same time too, I want to make sure I keep my options open. And so luckily I did. And it's funny because I was told not to stay away from numbers. Now I'm like yeah. all about the numbers. Uh, it's funny. Yeah. You, you said, uh, interesting. What I heard in there is like, you know, math was like kind of there Ah, eh, you know, I don't really see the value of it, but all of a sudden you see, ah, I see the need for math. Okay. Money. I like that. Right. Calculating like conversion ratios. That's a good thing. Cool. All right. Now I get where math is uh, applicable. Yep, that's awesome. Um, when you transitioned, take me through that. You transitioned from essentially like call center outbound stuff, right? And then you transitioned to more of a um, kind of a retail relationship-based originator at some point? Yeah. So as soon as I turned 18, they made me get a business license. I mean, you mm-hmm. had to at least have a business license because they 1099 everybody at that point. Okay. This is back in 2005. So um, I get in there and I'm, I'm expecting, you know, because I worked at a bank, so I'm expecting, you know, hey, I was in a call center. Now I'm going to get all these leads that the call center has been generating for me and everything else. Mm. Um, so I get in there and I'm like, and I, and I talked to my uh, branch manager at the time. His name is Harold. And this guy was probably the best closer <laughs> I've ever personally known in my life. Mm. The guy was at, when it came to scripts and just closing a, a client or, or anyone, he was just, he, he was amazing. And I sat in a cubicle right outside his office and I would hear him talk all day. And it definitely helped me uh, develop my you know, closing style, my closing skills and everything else. But anyway, I get, I get there and um, I'm like, all right, Harold, well, how's this going to work? So I sit here, is the front desk uh, gal going to bring the clients back or this or that? And he kind of gives me a blank stare. He's like, well, what do you mean? You mean if you have a customer that shows up? I'm like, no, I mean like, like, are they going to bring him back? Kind of like they did at the bank and this and that. And he's like, bring, bring the customers back. He's like, no, he's like, he's like, you're on your own, man. Like you got to find your own deals. <laughs> Nobody told me. I, yep, I looked at him and I'm like, Oh, that's right. I knew that. Yeah. And I was embarrassed that I did it. But at the same time too. And he, and he was pretty much like, Hey, here's the desk. Here's the phone. Good luck. You're on your own. Yeah. And I, I uh, went home that night and I was depressed. I mean, mm. I can't even tell you how depressed I was because I, I told all my friends that I'm, a loan officer. I'm successful. I, I made it. I felt like I had the I arrived feeling. Mm-hmm. And so here I am first day on the job thinking like, how the heck am I going to get my own clients? Right? Like how, how is it going to happen? So go home. I, I'm really down. And you know, in, in the, in the beginning you kind of, you, you're, you're depressed and you feel sorry for yourself. You're kind of mm-hmm. like, you know, why does this have to happen to me and all that? And then you, you get mad, you get mm-hmm. mad at yourself for feeling that way. And I think that's, that's a great moment because when you're in that moment, you start thinking about ideas. And so I decided, I, you know, I'm like, hey, you know what? The good thing is I live with my parents. I really don't have to make any money at all other than my car payment for the new car I just bought because I thought I'm a successful loan officer, right? Mm. So um, anyway, uh, my strategy was very simple. I showed up the next day and it was like, you know, hey, now I'm sitting 
in the office with the senior loan officers and the junior loan officers and the senior loan officers were two separate buildings, even though they were next to each other, mm. that we just stayed away from each other. So I never really interacted with them. So I started talking to them. I said, hey, you know, what do you do to get business? What would you do if you were me? I'm uh, first day in the business. Um, what would you do? And they're like, well, you're just your first day, really? And then here's, here's what I would do. One guy told me, he's like, hey, just like what you, you were doing, he said, you were calling through all the people um, in your, you know, uh, when, you're at, when, you, when you were a dialer, you were calling through a list. Have you called everybody in your phone and told them you're, you're in lending? I said, no. He said, how many contacts do you have? And I looked, and at that time, it was like 140. Mm-hmm. And I called every single person. Um, hmm. Called everybody. Right after I was done calling everybody, telling them I'm in the mortgage business, telling them I want to be a resource to them, went back to, to somebody else. Hey, what would you do? The other guy's like, well, um, I, would, I would go and uh, work realtors at open houses. And I'm like, what's a realtor? He's like, you got to be kidding me, man. And I'm like, no, <laughs> no. And uh, what's an open house? And so he's like, so here's what realtors are. Here's what realtors do. And an open house is where, you know, the, the, they're showing the, they're previewing the home, hoping to get an offer and, and they're bored out of their mind. So they love it when loan officers work open houses with them. I'm like, perfect. Where do I get the list? So I show up to open houses and I show up uninvited and I'm like, and I didn't know any better. And I'm like, Hey, Mr. and Mrs. Realtor, I'm here to work the open house with you. I'm going to sit here and take the, uh, you know, and pre-approve the buyers that need to be pre-approved. Uh, let me know if you want me to say anything special. And People would give me these, like, you know, the weirdest looks, but uh, no one said no. And I worked open houses with agents, and some people were like, hey, did did, did so and so send you? I'm like, yeah, they told me to come down. I just rolled with it. Like, it was just purely just rolling with it. Um, By the way, for the record, I haven't closed one deal off an open house. So it wasn't like it worked, but I started meeting agents. I started, I really got out of my comfort zone Mm. and all that. and so anyway, I did that. I went back, another guy um, asked him, hey, what would you do? Mm-hmm. And so as I'm doing this, I start getting leads from my initial calls when I called everybody and told them I'm in lending. Mm-hmm. And I closed my first deal. And, um, I, and, and, and so as I closed my first deal, which was month uh, two in the business, mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and then pretty much at, at that point, uh, I talked to somebody else and they're like, okay, well, this is what you need to do you just need to dial the same way you were dialing. Now you just need to get weed for yourself. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Oh, we're allowed to do that. They're like, yes. And so I started making outbound calls for refis. And so then I started meeting with agents and before you knew it, um, I think month five or month six, can't remember. I closed seven loans in one month and I was the top producer in the branch for that month. Wow. And so and I didn't really even know, I didn't know our numbers were ranked. I didn't know, you know, I mean, it just, I was like, and they, uh, um, my branch manager said, hey, man, I don't know if you know, but you closed more deals than anybody unit-wise in, in this month. And, and so it, it, that was kind of like when I realized I'm in the career that I should be in mm. and been loving it pretty much since. Wow, that's great, man. Thank you for all that background. Uh, I'm curious if you were to, uh, you know, let's say, let's say um, uh, this is probably a normal part of your business anyways. I'm a new loan officer. I come in, right? Uh, here we are. You've got your vast experience now in this business. I've done pretty much everything under the sun, sounds like, to, to, to build your business. How would you advise a loan officer today differently versus you know those kind of 
I don't know. You know, you did everything right. We've all done, been there, done that shotgun approach, whatever you want to call it. Would you be more strategic today in your approach or what would you say? Honestly, I wouldn't. I think the biggest, uh, the biggest thing is you gotta, you gotta learn how to hunt. You gotta learn how to prospect. You gotta learn how to make connections. You gotta learn how to go on appointments. You gotta understand your conversion ratio. Once you get on appointments, you gotta study yourself and understand how you come across and what's going to help you and what's not helping you. And it's something to where, you know, unless somebody is, is right there next to you, to you mentoring you, mm-hmm. it's something that you almost have to go after so many phone calls, the calls get e- easy. Mm-hmm. After so many face to faces, the calls get easy. It's almost kind of like working out in a way where you just gotta, you just gotta work on it daily and you just gotta build, uh, you know, build yourself up daily and you gotta keep pushing yourself. And so I think that at the end of the day, a lot of people ask me, they're like, well, you know, what about this? Does this work? Does this work? Does this work? And I always tell everybody, I said, hey, you know, technically everything works. I mean, you can just go knock on doors and mm-hmm. pick up deals that way um, as long as you didn't give up, as long as you it persisted and continued and everything. Technically, everything works. Now, do, do I have tactics right now that, that you know, that, that I use that, you know, I wish I would have known about in the past and everything else to to essentially allow me to prospect on a whole different level and everything. Yes, I completely built, built that. However, um, at the same time too, I don't think you could overstep the, just, you know, the, the, the raw, um, you know, guerrilla style, mm-hmm. you know, prospecting that you have to all, we all have to go through to be really, really good in this, in this business. Do you see, um, loan officers today, maybe who haven't been through the quote hard times, right? I mean, you, you lived through the, uh, the, the market crash myself as well. And a lot of people, like I just had a call earlier this morning about somebody who's only been in the business for a year. And, um, I don't think they appreciate the level of effort it takes to build a, right. A true, true self-sustaining referral-based business, if you will. Let's just assume people aren't buying leads, set that aside. That's a different type of business. Are you seeing that the you know people are kind of getting away from that these days mistakenly? You know, you know the thing is is that mm. um, I personally think um, that you know well first off the mortgage industry and, and, and the real estate industry has been extremely easy the last mm. four years. People don't realize like that are in it like you don't realize that like anybody could be successful in it. Mm-hmm. without really much effort the last few years. Yeah. And what I, and what I mean by successful is you know close deals regularly uh and whatnot because 9 out of 10 people want to talk about mortgage. They want to talk about real estate. Everybody's it's it's the hot topic, right? Mm-hmm. Now, when you go back to you know 2000 what was it 9 or t- 2009, yep. 2010, 2008, yep. um especially mm-hmm. 9 and 10 when everything just collapsed you know, nine, nine out of 10 people didn't want to have anything to do with a home, right? Everybody wanted to get away from that. Right. And all of a sudden, you know, the, the, the challenge was, I mean, it was, it was just extreme. And I think that those times are coming. And I think that right now, when we look at just the last few months where the mortgage industry has been, and you see companies right now starting to shut down left and right, Wells Fargo, I think on Monday, laid off 600 people. Mm-hmm. You have all these people laying off a ton of a ton of people because they're they're worried about the fourth quarter and the first quarter and they should be because of the projected mortgage volume and everything else. But right now, more than anything, it it's going to go back to that time where only the true professionals that really 
um, have a bulletproof game plan that are not sitting there thinking I'm at the wrong company. I just need to go somewhere else and it's going to solve my problems, but realize that this is the time more than ever to be super focused on whatever your strategy is. Like it doesn't matter what it is, just super focused on a strategy, having your head down and just plowing through it. Mm-hmm. Like that's going to be the days that we're going to see here in the next uh, few months uh, to, to beginning of next year. And I think that that's going to happen not only in uh, lending, but in real estate as well. And I think that a lot of our industry or a, a chunk of our industry is going to leave because it's going to become way too difficult. Um, sure. And I think it's, you know, agents are starting to feel it with listings. Like before, everybody wants to be a listing agent because it took no skill as long as you convince somebody to list with you. And I, I hope I don't offend a bunch of uh, agents by saying this, but it really didn't take much skill to sell a home, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, at the end of the day, it didn't. Now it takes a lot more. Now, so here's where the true professionals are really going to start shining. And I think the people that are extremely good at what they do, they're going to be the ones that are going to capitalize on this and be able to gain a lot more market share. Because when times get tougher, it's easier to see the people that are, you could say, amateur in this business and the people that are pros. So I think that the ones that, you know, who are newer, that really study their craft, that really, you know, from the mortgage side, study underwriting guidelines, not just know them, but like study them. Like you got to be the expert and you got to know exactly what you're talking about. You got to, you got to out, you have to be smarter than everybody in your field on what you do. So that therefore, when you're in front of a client, when you're in front of an agent, when you're in front of a referral partner, when you're in front of anybody, the way you talk and the way you come across is going to have them want to work with you versus say, yeah, you know, I might need a second opinion, you know, or, or I should check somewhere else out. So a lot of people don't realize that right now, now is the time, if you're a real estate agent, to really study your stuff, to know your stuff, to really understand your presentation, how you're coming across, how everything factors in whether or not they're going to work with you or not, and really just focus on you. And because at the end of the day, you're selling you. You're not selling, like I'm not selling guilt. Mm -hmm. I barely bring guilt up, you know. If you're if you work for Keller Williams, you're not selling Keller Williams. You're selling yourself, right? And people are buying you. People buy passion, and so at the end of the day, uh, knowledge, passion, and just your overall drive and commitment is what people are going to be attracted to. And I think again, these next, you know, this uh, uh, fourth quarter and first quarter is going to be uh, you know a defining moment in a lot of companies, you know, uh, for a lot of companies and for a lot of lenders. I think companies that are not able to shift their mindset with their sales force to say, because there's so many people looking right now right. and changing that mindset to say, hey, look, you know, here's what we got to do. We got to take a coaching approach. We all have to hold each other accountable. Let's, you know, let's all, you know, make X amount of calls. Let's all do this. This is how you do this. And I think the companies that don't bring coaching in and don't have a, a sales force that's really, really driven and focused on a certain goal. And everybody's going to understand right now that overall conversion has gone down. So for example, let's say that your your lead to paycheck conversion rate is 25%. So you're closing 25 deals a month for every 100 leads that you get, right? Mm-hmm. If in a tough market, it goes down to, let's just say, I don't know, 15%. Mm-hmm. Now all of a sudden, what you you have two choices: if either close the 15 deals because now conversion is down, or you got to look at it and say, well, 
if that's the case, then um, you know how many how many uh, deals do I need, or how many leads do I need to close 25, and then focus on just getting more leads. Now we've got to focus on getting you know 130, uh, 140 leads to close the same 25 that we want to close. And I think companies have to do that, you know, with their you know recruiting efforts. If if you had to go. If you needed to talk to 10 loan officers to get one to work for you, now all of a sudden you might need to talk to 20. Um, for agents that are, you know, same thing for listings. You know, now that listings are not selling as quickly or and a lot of uh, people are pulling their listings out, now you got to go on more listing appointments. So understanding that the market is going to change your conversion ratio the biggest trap a lot of people fall into is they get frustrated. They get frustrated at themselves or their company and they don't realize that it's just a matter of leads. And, and one thing that I was always taught um, in coaching and I tell myself every time um, things get tough or, or something happens and, and I always tell myself this, more leads solve all problems. No mm-hmm. matter what, like anything happens in life, more leads solve it. Like at the end of the day, figure out how to get more leads. Like what are your lead sources? And I feel like you have to have a minimum of four that you go after consistently. Hmm. And if you don't have four, um, I think you're going to have a wobbly business. All right. Well, that, that's a lot of great info in there. Um, so what are those four lead sources? I know when you and I talked before, um, I think you said agents and past clients were two of your main sources. Is that right? Yeah, agents and past clients are two of my main sources. I, I would say ultimately it's past clients that I focus on more than anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, that, you know, especially with online lending and the way where online lending is going right now, I think the, per, the, the, the person that has a super tight database that's consistently in front of their database and, and, and using their, you know, the technology that's out there to stay in front of their database, I think in the next five years, it's going to have the highest payoff. Mm. And I think those are the individuals that are not uh, in risk of essentially losing their whole business to online lending, which continues to grow and grow and grow. So I think the database for me is number one. Mm. Um, agents, number two, because very simply, agents need the lenders to, yep. uh, to get paid. And so why not, right? It's kind of like insurance agents. Like insurance agents should be calling on loan officers. Like we need an insurance agent on every transaction. I get maybe one insurance agent that calls me a year, maybe mm-hmm. one. Um, so anyway, uh, and then I have uh, my, my uh, different online uh, marketing that I've been doing, not on the, buying online leads, mm-hmm. but just pushing myself online um, and, and establishing my brand online. And so that's something that's at an early stage of being built out. Um, when you look at all, and, and, and one of the ways I'm doing that is through having a ton of reviews online that really mm. give me the, the market presence online and we're pushing content out there and different videos and everything else. And I think that's going to also pay off huge as the business goes online. The, the, those that don't want to work with a lender from a different state um, are going to look for somebody local on a line. And we're seeing leads that get generated monthly from that and closings that are happening monthly. In fact, it was funny. We had um, a processing manager from Bank of America across the street found me online and closed their loan <laughs> with me. Cause she, you know, some people don't want to just work with their own company for, you know, privacy purposes and all that. Sure. But that's something that, we, uh, uh, that I've been developing. And then, and then the last part is uh, business partners uh, like, builders like CPAs, financial planners, insurance uh, agents, you know, different business people that have a sphere of influence as well. 
that right. are talking to clients all the time. And a lot of people miss how big uh, of an opportunity, like, for example, CPAs, right? Like every CPA has thousands of clients they do taxes for, and they're having the conversation with them. And, you know, they don't have, you know, most of them don't have somebody that's calling on them, that's taking them out to lunch, that's, you know, that that's working, uh, you know, that's developing a relationship with them. Um, and there, there's a massive uh, lead source for CPAs. And so financial planners is a new one that I've been really getting into as I've been investing, uh, uh, you know, more money and all that. Um, I'm, I'm working uh, financial planners as well. And so um, I think that, again, I always look at, you know, when, when it comes to business people, it's if, and, and I hope that people don't take this the wrong way, but if I'm looking at a financial advisor, somebody's brand new, they're not going to be a good business source for me, mm -hmm. right? They're, they're at the same stage. They want leads and they're coming up. If somebody's been a financial planner for 20 years and they have an established book of business, that's the guy that I'm going after. So I think um, ultimately it's being super strategic on who you meet with as well. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it, it, that's something that I never really did in, in the beginning of my career. I wasn't strategic on who I met with and all that. It was just kind of like meet a ton of people and that's it. And sure that does work. But as you get busier, as you start realizing you have less and less time in yep. the day, you just have to be way more calculated on, right. on having meetings and all that. Yeah. You got to be more selective. Um, all right. A couple of rapid fire, uh, questions for you, some nuggets for these folks, because oftentimes I know loan officers here, CPAs, for example, let's take that first, then I'll come back to uh, online reviews. How do you approach CPAs? Uh, where are they? In, are, are, are you getting introduced through the um, client CPAs when you're taking an app? What does that look like? Yeah. So um, uh, there's a couple of different ways. Um, ultimately, every client has, well, well, I mean, when you're looking at the tax return, do you see the CPA? Okay. I yep. typically, Google them, see what they're about, see what kind of presence they have online, how long they've been in the business. And then what I'll do is I'll ask the client permission after closing, mm -hmm. right? Once I earned it, if I could reach, if, if they would endorse me to their CPA and if I could re reach out to their CPA, if they can make a connection. And so then at that point, um, once you're on the meeting with the CPA, um, it's very, very simple. I have uh, about 5,000 people in my database. Um, I have clients all the time that need a CPA to do something. They might be working with, let's just say, on a, a TurboTax, but then all of a sudden they're getting a mortgage and now they need an audited profit and loss statement or they need a balance sheet put together for them and they don't know how to do it or whatnot. And so essentially the whole goal with CPAs and you need to be able to refer business to them um, is, is I have uh, CPAs in different areas. So it's not like I want 20 in one area. It's about being strategic about it. So that way you could develop consistent uh, um, referrals back and forth. And so, for example, my clients that maybe are down south, right, um, uh, uh, south of Seattle, mm -hmm. I'll refer them to a different CPA than the ones that are up north. Um, you know, typically somebody want, wants, they want a CPA, you know, close to them. So that's pretty much what I do. So the whole goal is when I, when I reach out to them, I'm interviewing them. I'm sharing, you know, what I do, what my business looks like. You know, I love talking to business people because at the end of the day, the conversation is the same. We all have the same issue. We want more leads. We want more transactions. We want more business. Right. 95% of us, right? right? And so it's a business relationship. It's not going in there and just selling me. 
is going in there and figuring out how do two people that are successful figure out how to do more transactions together. Yeah. Well, you're, you're adding, mm-hmm. that's, that's the key. Yeah. You're adding value to them. You're to your point, you know, you've got this database of past clients and, and for, you know, it doesn't matter if it's 5,000, 500 or 50, you know, the point is, it's like, I come across people all the time who have a need for a CPA. I'd love to refer business to over to you. We get together and talk right, and see if we have a mutual right basis or relationship. Generally it, right? Yep. Yeah. yeah. And there's certain CPAs that it, like, it's difficult for me and my team to work with them. I'll avoid them. Like I'm strategic who I, who I, uh, who I choose. And again, I don't want to be the guy that's, you know, and I, again, I hope I don't offend anybody <laughs> by saying this. I don't be the, want to be the, the guy that has like the donut run where I just stop <laughs> by, Hey, you know, I, I'm the mortgage guy. Here's a right. box of donuts. No. Here's my, you know, not to say that that doesn't work because it does, but same time i want to be the strategic partner yeah i want to be the guy that they're like this is the guy you need to talk to that's a professional not the guy that delivered donuts and 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 whatnot so you know that i guess from a standpoint of you know not not only cpas but insurance agents as well um it's the same type of of relationship it's the insurance agents that are very very well set up and everything else my insurance agent that I that I you know have all my policies with sends me transactions all the time. Um, I've done her personal uh, deals and everything else, and so it's establishing that hey, I'm going to help you explode your business. You're going to help me explode my business, and this is how we're going to do it. How many CPAs would you say are on your short list in terms of you know? There's actually been some exchange of business in an, in an average year. I, I have six that I work with consistently. Okay, six, great. And would you would you be able to speak to roughly? How many transactions that equates to for you? Um, I would probably say closed transactions, you know, actual closed transactions a year from my business partners, mm-hmm. um, which is gays, financial planners, you know, uh, uh, um, divorce attorneys is a great one that I'm just tapping in, starting to tap into. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say it's about 50 transactions a year. 50. Wow. Yeah, I'd say that's worth it. Very good. Love it. Okay. Um, for sake of time, let's pivot real quickly to another area you've got strong presence in, and that is online reviews. You referred to that earlier. Um, you've got, you're approaching 400 online reviews collectively. That's, yeah. just a, that's a crazy number, man. Um, <laughs> that is awesome. So what I see that, the goal is a thousand by when? <laughs> goal is a thousand. So um, you know, you know, in the beginning it was like 250. We really want to break 250, and I pushed my team really hard, and um, and we we broke 250 pretty fast. Now it's like the 500 mark, and mm. so our goal is to get 500 by the end of the year. Once we do that, wow. then the goal is going to go up to 750. So it's kind of like every year yep. I want to I want to have 250 online reviews. Okay, so a couple quick questions on that. Um, number one, what's your process for getting those? So uh, every time after closing, I, uh, I, I uh, call the client and essentially the way the call goes is I just make sure that, you know, they, they, uh, my team member did everything for them, answered all their questions. If they were, I want to make sure that they were happy with how the process went and everything else. So assuming all their questions were answered, they were happy and all that, I, I always um, pretty much my close is, hey, Jeff, if you felt like we did a good job taking care of you and it sounds like you did, um, can I ask of uh, two things from you? And, and then they always will be like, yeah, what are they? Um, and I'll say, if I did a good job taking care of you, take care of us by send us, sending us your friends, family, and anybody that you know is getting a mortgage. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be in the mortgage business forever. And I always tell people that. So refinancing purchases, anybody you hear that's thinking about refinancing or purchasing, send them my way. I'd love to take care of them. And the second thing, Jeff, is if you could spend a minute and write me a quick online review 
um, only if you felt like I deserved it. And I always will throw that in there because mm. that guilt trips them because if they don't, then they're essentially saying you didn't deserve it, mm. right? I always say only if you felt like uh, we deserved it. I'm going to send you an email right now with a link. So have a link to you know Zillow, Yelp, Google. Just pick one of them. And, mm. and if you could spend just a minute and write me a review, I, you know, it would mean the world to us. Mm. And everybody says yes. And then I send them the link. And then 50% of people do it. 50%. And for the other 50 that don't, do you pursue them any further? Um, no, we don't. Okay. Just curious. Um, is, do you see a predominant um, destination that people go to leave their reviews? You know, Zillow versus Yelp, et cetera. Well, so we were pushing Zillow, just Zillow until we got about 200 Zillow reviews. And then we realized, okay, we're, we're, we're missing Google. We're missing Yelp. We're, we're missing, uh-huh. you know, uh, the, the other platforms. And so now we actually just send a, a link to all of them. And, and recently we've actually not been including Zillow in there because yeah. we just, we feel like we have too many Zillow now. We'd yeah. rather get more on Yelp and more on Google and everything. Google, Google my business, man. That's right. Google. That's right. Yeah. And, and the good thing is that again, um, in the, you know, one of the advantages, not only, it, 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 not only do you get leads off of it, if you built it up to mm-hmm. a certain point, but when I'm talking to a client and they're unsure and I'm like, Hey, look, Jeff, I know that so-and-so referred you over to me and said great things about me. And I know that you're trying to decide between us and bank of America. I'm going to send you a link. We have like, over, we have about 400 five-star reviews online. See what our clients say. Mm. I mean, at the end of the day, you're, you're, you're making a huge purchase here. Probably the biggest you've made so far in your life you really want to make sure you choose the right person, not just because of rates and fees, but somebody who's going to deliver. And yep. if you read the reviews, you'll see, you know, one of the most common things people will say is that they delivered, they did what they said that they were going to do. Um, and, and I'll ask them, hey, have you ever heard of somebody that has had a bad experience getting a loan? And mm-hmm. people will be like, oh yeah, my sister, and it, 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 you know, this. And then I'll say, look, so you could either go with us and I guarantee the closing day and I guarantee that, you know, the fees are going to be what they are, what we say that we are and the rate's going to be, or you could take your chances with the other guy. Which one do you want to do? <laughs> and, you know, that close works about 85% of the time. But here's the deal though. It's just, it's not just a close. It's the truth. Yeah. Because I do believe my team could close way better than pretty much anybody else. I do believe we provide way more value than the guy down the street and everything that we do in our systems, we do that. Like, if an agent sends us a lead, we will follow up with that lead seven to nine times before we give up. And each time we'll update the agent. You're telling me somebody else is going to do that? Mm. Most likely they won't. At the same time too, our systems that we have in place for my backend team from contract to close is so dialed in. We're typically, we have docs out typically a week ahead of every closing. You're telling me other people do that every time? No. So when I don't just say that as a close and a lot of people are like, well, what's the best close? Well, a close is one thing, but if you don't deliver, it doesn't mean anything. And so mm. when I say it that way and when I deliver that close, it's because I truly believe in it. And, and, and not only do I believe in it, but we as a team work on it all the time to make sure we continue to improve, to make sure we continue to get our systems more dialed, to make sure we take care of our agents better, to make sure we take care of our referral partners better. I mean, everything that we do yearly, we're improving to, get, to give our clients yeah. And our clients, not meaning just the clients that close our loans, but everybody that refers to us an overall better experience. And we figure out different ways to add value to them, not just close your loan fast and everything else, but how do we help your business grow? So when you, when, whatever your close is, 
you got to be able to exceed it, right? Mm. Like whatever your value proposition is, if, if, if your value proposition is something that you hope to accomplish 20% of the time, you got to change it up yeah. because that's why people will not get the repeat business. That's where they won't grow. That's where they won't get the reviews and everything else because at the end of the day, they don't deliver. You have to deliver. So if you, if you, if you talk big, you got to deliver big. <laughs> Yeah, well, I like what you said, the, the the clothes. And the reason why, you know, like people ask you, hey, what's the best clothes? Well, when you said that, I thought to myself, the best clothes is certainty and confidence that your process delivers. Because that's going to show up more than any like word combination you say, right? It's going to be, look at this dude. He just, man, this, this guy's confident. Uh, I just feel like I, I can trust him. That's what it's going to come down to. Um, all right. In the remaining couple of minutes we've got, and you kind of alluded to this, this last kind of question, if you will. You, as a matter of fact, you um, said it the other day when we spoke is that if your value proposition is closing on time, that's not a value proposition. <laughs> I thought that was great, man, because you're so that's so right. Big deal. You close on time. You better <laughs> in today's market. So right, that's, like the bare, that's like the bare minimum. And yeah. yeah, and I was talking about, you know, when we were talking about that, we were talking about, you know, uh, meeting with business partners, meeting mm-hmm. with real estate agents and all that. You know, a lot of people don't realize if you're going on meetings and all you do is talk about just, hey, we're going to close on time and, and we're a great lender and that's it, you're just like everybody else. Mm-hmm. So, you know, w- w- when you're in front of agents, you got to ask yourself, how do I add value to that person? You got to care about them. Like, you got to truly care about them. Like, the people that I work with, especially the ones that I work with very closely, like I think about how to grow their businesses. I think about how to add value to them. I think about how to help them increase their conversion. And, and overall, it, they de- we, we develop business partnerships. There's a ton of, a ton of um, agents out there that'll tell you, hey, he helped me grow my business to 20 million a year, 30 million a year, 50 million a, a year. And I, all I did was did exactly what he said. And in two years, that's where I was at. That's powerful. What's not powerful is being in front of them just like everybody else saying, hey, I have great rates and we, we give good customer service and we close on time. Yeah. Okay, great. So, does, Next. I mean, who says I have bad rates and I don't deliver <laughs> and I don't send, like, you know what I mean? Like, you got to yeah. remember that, like, at the end of the day, if that's all you got, yeah. you're going to have weak results. So don't, don't be upset about it. It's because you have a weak value proposition and you're not changing their lives. If you're not changing their lives and in, in some way making it better, um, then I, I feel like that lender, you, you know, you're going to lose that relationship very, very quickly. All right. So real quick, you mentioned, um, you know, cases where you've grown, helped grow an agent's business, whatever the number is, you're adding value. Let's be a real quick, a little more specific on that. Um, how have you, or how do you help uh, an agent grow their business? Well, I think the fir- first things first, um, a lot of, a lot of agents, they feel like their number one job is to have a great client experience and to find somebody their dream home. And, um, it, and, um, I always make sure that, you know, when we start working together, you're very, very clear. Your job is to prospect. Like you're, you're, you gotta be a prospecting machine. If you want to tell me that to an agent. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. You got to be a prospecting machine. And this how do, is how, how do they I, respond to that, man? I'm curious. Uh, do you get some people who are like, whoa, wait a minute. I didn't know that was the job. <laughs> the ones that are good in this business, the ones that actually want to grow their business, yeah. they love it because okay. it's true. It's what, it's what 
everybody else is afraid to tell them. So mm. for me, I, I, I'll, I'll tell them my story. You know, hey, before I realize this, because I used to think I need to be a really, really good loan officer, and you know, I help people, you know, buy their dream home. Sure, that happens as a byproduct mm. of me prospecting the right way and effectively and efficiently. At the end of the day, you can be the best at closing a deal, but if you don't have anybody's deal to close, so what, right? Mm-hmm. So um, it, it comes down to coaching them up on how make, how to make calls, um, having them on a greatness tracker which is a, a form that we use at the core that tracks your sales activity. I have a ton of people that send me a greatness tracker every Monday and half of them, I tell them how much they sucked and what they missed on last week. <laughs> and, 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 and they love it. And, and they're holding them accountable because not only are you holding them accountable, yeah. they know it and, and it's true. And most people in our business, and, and let's be, let's be real. If you're in sales and you're in a hundred percent visit commission, you're a little crazy. Like mo- normal yeah. people don't do that. Right. right? So, most of us, we're battling ourselves daily and you know, you got to push yourself and you know, and, and so when somebody says you sucked, you got to step it up and you're in the sales business. You, you know, at the end of the day, you like to hear that. No one, not everybody just wants to be, you know, patted on their back and told that they're doing amazing. I think that happens too, too much, too much, uh, these days when somebody isn't and then they're out of business. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, ultimately uh, coaching them on, you know, how to have consistent prospecting weekly. And then once they get it, and usually it's about the third, fourth month and they start really closing a lot of transactions and they're like, wow, this really works. This is really going great. Then it's like, okay, you need a team member. And then it's like that panic of, I really need to hire a team member. And it's like, yeah. So you're telling me I have to support somebody and pay them 50K a year. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Well, imagine this. Imagine if you had somebody working 40 hours a week for you, taking care of all that stuff that's, that's causing you not to prospect and you actually prospected, wouldn't you make more money and wouldn't you be able to close more transactions and wouldn't that person pay for themselves? And mm-hmm. so helping them overcome the fact that it's not a cost, it's an investment. And so then growing the team the right way. What are the job, you know, what are the different positions out there and everything else? So, so yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, for the, for the agents that want to grow, yep. that are in the business to build a big team, I'm definitely right there helping them. And ideas and resources. And uh, have you done classes in the past for agents? Uh, yeah, you know, um, but I'm more of a one-on-one type. Okay. Yep. Uh, but, but yeah, um, as far as, you know, what I, I mean, I coach for, for the core, um, yep. I'm one of their coach. And so we're coaching, you know, some of the top lenders and, and realtors in the country. And so uh, sometimes I'll connect them Mm. with uh, a different a coach that helps them on a certain issue that they're having, you know, that I, and I'm like, Hey, you know what? Um, this is what I would do, but I'm not an agent. So, right. you know, talk to so-and-so and let me connect you with them and, and, and they'll get on the phone with you and tell you what to do. And it doesn't cost them anything. It's a value add. Right. right. So the stuff that I'm coaching them on is what we do at the core. Yep. And so the job descriptions, I didn't create them. Somebody, it's a, an agent created them. And I'm like, this is what you have to do. This is what I do with my people. Here's my team. And, you know, here's what I've grown in. And trust me, I had the same fear of hiring my first assistant too. And, and now I have 13 of them, but I had that same fear of how am I going to support this person? Now it's not just supporting myself, it's supporting somebody else. Right. And so um, it, it, it's, it's all that. Yep. Yep. It's really, it comes back to what you said is your value proposition, closing loan on time, having, you know, competitive rates and great service. That's not enough. Uh, that's easily duplicatable. So it's about relationship, partnership, and, you know, a- a- actually adding value in a tangible way. Um, you know, it's interesting sometimes in talking about this, you know, you talk about coaching realtors and bringing them ideas. Some LOs think, uh, oh, well, don't they get that already? I mean, you know, from their brokerage or whatnot. 
And surprisingly, there are brokerages that are better at it, right? KW and others. But but generally, they're just if they're the right agent, which I think you're alluding to, they're they're hungry for it and they're open to it. Yep, yep. And another thing too, it's funny. A lot of uh, realtors and business people they mm. want that mindset aspect of it. I get so mm. many calls that are like, "Hey, I'm in this place mentally. Help me get out of it." Yeah. And in a weird way, I'm like a counselor to them. But at the same time, too, I'm trying to you know, get, get them to snap out of whatever, you know, mode they're in. Like one guy just closed a huge deal, um, made 120,000 on one transaction, the commercial deal he was working on forever. He got that deal off of the greatness tracker by using the, the strategies and, and doing the result, doing the work that we, you know, we talked about him doing. And so you get this huge paycheck and all of a sudden now he's comfortable. Now that he's comfortable. He doesn't mm-hmm. want to make the calls. But he, so he called me up and he's like, Hey man, like, like, what do you do in these situations? And we had that talk and we got it. We got him out of it. And so I have a ton of agents that call me that it's just kind of like, Hey, mentally I'm not in a good place. And I can't, that's why I'm not prospecting. I need to get over this. Or they were prospecting for a while and something clicked and they stopped. And now I want to get back into it. And I just, I need, I need that. Uh, reset. And so, mm. um, so I, I you know, in a, in a weird way, and it's not like I advertise that or anything, but in a weird way, I get a lot of those type of calls. Because again, our business is tough. You know, at the end of the day, yeah. it's tough to build yourself up. It's real. It, it takes time to develop a database. It takes time to establish your brand and your name and realize you're not selling Keller Williams or Guild. You're selling yourself. Right. It takes time. And right. so, um, and so, you know, most of the stuff that they're going through, I've already been through it. I've, you know, uh, emotionally got over it. And I'm like, okay, this is exactly what you need to do. This is what took me, you know, six days on my own to figure out, do this and, and mm. you're good. That's awesome, man. Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, look, we're at the top of the hour. So I know we got to uh, let you go and get back to uh, making some more money and uh, pouring into some real estate agents. So I can't thank you enough for being here, man. This has been fantastic. Hey, thanks for having me, Jeff. I really appreciate it. You bet. Listeners, as always, thank you for tuning in. We appreciate you. If you like the episode, please remember, leave us a little love, if you will, right? Wherever you're listening to this, uh, on the interwebs. And we appreciate you. Look forward to seeing you on the next one. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to Mortgage Marketing Radio. Want more truth in mortgage marketing? Get more free training and resources at MortgageMarketingInstitute.com. Hey guys, what's up? Real quick, uh, you've heard about the Mortgage Marketing Pro membership before, and I just want to quickly remind you if that you're in a place in your business where you simply need more purchase loans, you need to fill your pipeline with purchase business, let's just face it, agents are still a solid pillar of business and sources of purchase business for you. Well, good news. Our Mortgage Marketing Pro membership helps loan officers like you close more loans without the hassle of chasing agents or cold calling. Done for you agent classes, expert training videos, a marketing automation platform that automates the entire process for you, everything you need to build your personal brand in your local market, attract and convert agents into referral partners, plus done for you proven marketing materials and plug and play content to make promoting your class, getting agents butts and seats, partnering with affiliates real easy. But that's not all. You'll also get access to our weekly mastermind calls with top LOs, authors, speakers, and coaches to learn the best strategies to grow your business right now in today's market. And as an extra bonus for a limited time, for all new members, 
you'll get access to a database of 200 agents in your local market that have closed anywhere to from eight to 50 transactions in the last 12 months. And we'll provide that list upload into our platform for you so you can get off to a fast start in reaching actually productive agents. So what are you waiting for? You can check out more at mortgagemarketing.pro, see more of the success stories there. And if you feel compelled to do so, book a call, we'll have a chat, we'll see if it's a fit. Don't miss out on this opportunity to take your mortgage business to the next level right now. Head over to mortgagemarketing.pro.